Super Talk Mississippi media production. Joining me now on the Welcome Home Beef Hotline, Palmer Toms. He covers Georgia for Dogs 24-7 over there in Athens. Just sort of a, a question more about Georgia than about this game, but you know, this is the first time in three years that Georgia is sort of on the outside looking in at the SEC championship game, probably not going to make it to Atlanta. What's been the reaction of the, of the team over there You know, in, in that situation, knowing that, hey, we're, we're not playing for the SEC title this year? Yeah, it's certainly been a, been a different atmosphere over here in Athens since that Florida loss, you know, like you mentioned, for the first time since 2016, Kirby Smart's first season here, uh, Georgia does not control their own destiny in the SEC East. And, and I think, you know, th- there's a sense of pride that comes with playing and finishing out this season, especially given the fact that, you know, a couple months ago, no one was sure that we were going to have a season at all. And so, you know, I think with, with not controlling your own destiny, it becomes a sense of pride to, you know, finish strong. You know, we talked to Georgia defensive lineman Malik Herring, and, and, and that entire defense has kind of given us this, this you know, idea of the fact that they don't want to get embarrassed on national television again. You know, obviously it happened against uh, elite caliber offenses in Alabama and Florida, um, and, and, you know, Mississippi State certainly has that kind of capability with, with the passing game and, and the air raid offense that Mike Leach has. Um, but, you know, I, I think with it, with with being out of the ICC championship hunt comes a sense of pride um, and also a sense of, you know, maybe looking towards the future, um, you know, changing some things up scheme-wise, personnel-wise. And, and, you know, you may see that this weekend with uh, JT Daniels at quarterback, you know, getting a look at ahead to the future and what this team could be uh, in, the, in the seasons to come because they do bring back a ton of talent. There is a ton of depth. There's a lot of young guys on this team that are going to be contributors, are contributors, and are going to be contributors in the years coming forward. And I think, you know, the important part for Georgia is to finish this season strong uh, and, and get some of those younger guys some of that experience. Well, you, you, you were very kind in describing Mississippi State's offense. I would not be so kind myself, having watched them the past uh, six weeks. <laughs> Kirby Smart, you know, he comes from that Nick Saban tree of defense. They love man coverage. But the zone is what stymied Mississippi State over these past few weeks. Are you expecting to see a much different look from the Georgia defense on Saturday? I have no clue what we're going to see out of Georgia's defense on Saturday. You know, that's a question that Kirby Smart has been addressed with. Uh, and, you know, the whole idea of playing, he, he is very adamant on playing man. Um, you, you saw it, you know, kind of come back to Biden against Alabama and Florida. Uh, and, and, you know, if you put guys in islands on islands uh, in, in a defense like this against a passing offense, you know that, that's going to throw the ball around so much throughout the game. You know you, you do have chances to get beat. Um, you know, and with that comes the the need to get to the quarterback. Um, you know, you even looking at Georgia's matchup with Tennessee, there were a couple times that they that they got burned. Uh, you know, a couple plays that they got beat deep and. And it looked like Tennessee was going to take a little bit of the momentum. But, you know, come around second half, playing that man coverage against the Tennessee defenders, Tennessee wide receivers, ultimately resulted in Georgia getting a ton and ton and ton of pressure on the Tennessee quarterback. Uh, you know, forcing turnovers, fumbles, strip sacks, interceptions. And so I think there's a chance that we do see some of that, uh, you know, given the fact that Mississippi State's offensive line has struggled to protect the quarterback this year. Uh, but I do think that Georgia's probably going to stick with the man coverage in the secondary. That will be a very interesting uh, development. Uh, State has not really seen 
any man coverage since that LSU game. So we'll see if that uh, if that plays out. If she's able to take advantage. You mentioned the quarterback. Uh, you you say it looks like JT Daniels might finally get on the field uh, for Georgia this weekend. Why, why do you think that, and, and why make the change now? Yeah, I think there's a couple factors that go into this potential change. Uh, I think first of all. You look at the way Georgia's quarterbacks have played uh, over the last 10 quarters. They've thrown seven interceptions, just the two touchdowns. Uh, and, and, you know, that's not, that's not numbers that are going to win in the SEC. Um, I think you add to that the fact that Stetson Bennett, who has started the last uh, five games for Georgia, is banged up. He uh, sprained his AC joint and his throwing shoulder against Florida. Uh, you know, tried to fight through the pain, but ultimately – um, you know, it was too much, you know, had had some accuracy issues, looked a little bit timid, according to Kirby Smart in the pocket. And, and you know, the confidence there, he didn't play well. So Georgia ends up going to Dwan Mathis. Um, you know, I, I think the combination of the play of the quarterback uh, over the last 10 quarters and, and really, I mean, you, you look back, the 10-quarter the mark dates back to halftime of that Alabama game. Georgia was shut out in the second half against the Crimson Tide only put up 14 points against Kentucky, and those were both both those touchdowns were on the ground. And, and then, you know, the they put up two touchdowns through the air against Florida, but, you know, it, it was not enough because of the way that the Georgia defense was playing. I think the combination of those two factors kind of leads us to this point where there was a competition in practice last week in preparation for Missouri, which obviously ended up not happening due to COVID factors and, and stuff like that, um, you know, turned into a, essentially a second bye week for Georgia. But, you know, w- with Stetson Bennett banged up, he wasn't able to throw for early on in that week. And and so Kirby Smart told us, you know, his three guys being J.T. Daniels, Dwan Mathis, and Carson Beck were all getting reps at that quarterback position. Uh, you know, they were going to see an increased number of reps because of the decreased amount of guys that could give the team a look. And so I think, you know, our sources at 24-7 Sports have told us that J.T. Daniels has been running with the first-team offense for the most part. Um, you know, I, I think that you look back to that started happening early on in that week preparing for Missouri. Uh, it's continuing to happen. And so, you know, we're going on over a week now that Daniels has been running with the first-team offense. Uh, and, and, you know, I would expect to see him uh, given the fact that Stetson Bennett is banged up. The quarterback play hasn't been all that great uh, the last 10 quarters, and that he's getting more and more looks with that first team. Well, that being said, you know, Mississippi State this year has been pretty good against the run. Uh, they, they've been able to limit some teams. You know, they, they've been in the top half of the conference all season long in rushing defense. If Daniels is the quarterback, can he do enough things, you think, to, to loosen State's defense up? Yeah, it'll certainly be interesting, um, you know, to look at that, you know, given the fact that Georgia has opened up, has shown a tendency to open up the pass game a little bit more under offensive coordinator Todd Monken. Um, you know, they, they threw the ball 40 times against Alabama. Obviously, you know, some of that is, is a factor of them being down late in the game and having to make some plays, um, you know, but, but they did that with Stephen Bennett at quarterback. And, and, you know, I think it's safe to say that, Daniels probably, in terms of a skill set, um, you know, and, and in terms of his ceiling, he's probably got a higher ceiling than Stetson Bennett, um, you know, in, in terms of his arm talent and stuff. So I think, you know, given 
given what Georgia has shown this year, where they are willing to throw the ball, um, you know, and and able to throw the ball this year with with better wide receivers that are getting open, um, you know, they really struggled with that last year uh, in terms of talent, the wide wide receiver wide receiver position. You know, I think those two things kind of show that Georgia is going to be open to the idea of throwing the ball uh, with JT Daniels. So I would expect to see um, him get his opportunity to show what he can do with his arm. Um, but, you know, knowing Kirby Smart, knowing Georgia's brand of football, they're going to still run the ball. And, and it'll be interesting to see how that works out for the Bulldogs on Saturday. Which Bulldogs? we got we to keep that straight here <laughs> on this one. Yeah, as, as I was saying it, I thought, you know, hey, this is a matchup of the two SEC Bulldogs. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how that turns out for both Bulldogs on Saturday. Yeah. You, you mentioned, you know, let's go back to what you said about defense, because, man, I will be really surprised just from what I've seen. I've seen, you know, Alabama, Saban, that they ran a lot of zone against Mississippi State. Uh, Mike Elko is a guy at Texas A&M who likes to run a lot of man. He zoned it up. You know, Let's make the assumption that you're correct and, and that, uh, that they do run man. How does State attack that defense then? Because, like you said, even if they are in man, they're, they're so, they have so much talent up front, they can still get a lot of pressure on MSU. Yeah, I, you know, I think the way that State can attack Georgia's, Georgia's defense is probably getting the ball out quick. Um, you know, given the fact that Georgia does have a, a talented pass rushing unit um, and, and that State has shown some some struggles in that area um you know i think that that's probably going to be key um you know if you can get the ball out quick and and not allow those pass rushers to get to the quarterback um and and you know get in his face get in his passing lane um i think that's going to be crucial i think georgia has talented players in the secondary and and they've been exposed a little bit um but i think you know you looking back to that alabama game they didn't play especially in the first half, they didn't play all that bad. Um, you know, they gave up their big plays, but, you know, it feels like everyone's going to give up their big plays when they're playing against that offense. And, and you know, a healthy Jalen Waddle at the time, uh, Devontae Smith and, and Mechie, you know, there are so many different weapons there that it, it almost feels inevitable that you're going to give up those plays. Uh, you know, I think looking at, the Florida game where Georgia really struggled in that one wasn't necessarily on the outside as much as it was with covering running backs out of the backfield. And, and so Florida, you know, targeted a banged up Georgia defense already, um, you know, that was missing Richard LeCount, um in, in the back end, ended up missing Lewis Seen, uh, you know, as he exited with a concussion and, and went into uh, concussion protocol and, and was called for targeting on a hit on Kyle Pitts. So, you know, he was out anyway, but, you know, I, I think that Florida targeted a banged-up Georgia defense and a banged-up Georgia secondary, um, you know, but they did so by going at the linebackers. Um, you know, they really, really hurt Georgia on a lot of wheel routes and stuff, and so, you know, I think it'll be interesting. Um, you know, like I said, I think the key is going to be getting the ball out quick. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes those wheel routes take longer to develop. So I think it'll be interesting to see kind of how, um, you know, if, if Georgia's able to get a pass rush, you know, how quickly Mississippi State is getting the ball out. And if they're not able to get a pass rush, uh, you know, where Mississippi State chooses to kind of target this Georgia defense. 
sort of a big picture question to wrap us up. You know, Florida, like we said at the beginning of this, is headed. Look like they're headed to the SEC championship game, and, and of course, you know, Mississippi State fans they keep a little interest in Florida because of who the coach is down there. Do you feel like this year is just sort of a blip for Georgia, and then next year they'll be back on top in the East, or or is there some concern in Athens that Florida might be pulling ahead uh, in that race? Yeah, I don't know that it's concerned that Florida's pulling ahead as much as Florida has caught up. Um, you know, I, I don't think that – I think if you look at that game, it feels like forever ago, but it's now yeah. just two weeks. Um, but, you Story know, of this year. Um, exactly. But, you know, you look at that game, and I think, like I mentioned, Georgia was a banged-up football team, missing uh, several players on the defensive line, you know, had a banged up inside linebacker with Monty Rice, who's been playing, but you know he's he's not far from one hundred percent. You know, Kirby Smart has made that clear. Um, players have made that clear, and, and you can tell um, watching Rice play. Um, and, and like I mentioned, the 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 banged up secondary that Georgia had. Um, you know, I, I think there there is some concern over. Georgia being exposed in the passing game, um, you know, against the passing game, that is. You know, when you look back at the last three matchups Georgia has played against elite passing offenses, LSU in the SEC championship last year, Alabama and Florida this year, things have not gone well for Georgia. And so, you know, when they when they do go up against the team that wants to run the ball or, you know, is, is going to be pretty close to 50-50, uh, split, run, and pass, I think Georgia's in good hands there. Um, you know, they've got talented defensive linemen, talent run-stopping linebackers, outside linebackers that can contain, um, you know. But I think the concern is when Georgia gets put in those man-to-man coverage situations and they do struggle to get pressure on the quarterback, how is that defense going to hold up? And so I think, you know, there have been a lot of questions for Kirby Smart on if he's going to reevaluate um you know, his, his, his love for man-to-man defense. And, you know, he, he said it's important that you play man-to-man. Um, you know, like you said, coming from that saving tree, he's always going to stick to that. And so I think, you know, you're, you're still going to see that. I think it has worked in situations where Georgia wasn't so banged up. So I think, you know, I don't know that it's a blip on the radar, um, you know, as, as, because I do think Florida has caught up. Um, I think Florida's you know, continuing to recruit well, um, you know, and, and develop under Dan Mullen. I think that you've, you've seen these games get more and more competitive as, as the time has gone along that he's been there. Um, and, and I think, you know, you're, when, when you look at Florida this year, you're dealing with two, I wouldn't say generational players, but they're pretty close to it in Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts. Um, you know, and, and what they've done at Florida, obviously – Pitts only had two catches against Georgia because he was, uh, you know, knocked out of the game early on. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see what Florida has after that um, and, and, you know, how they develop a quarterback after Trask is gone. Um, You know, I think for Georgia, big picture, the biggest question is, and, and this season as well, is the quarterback play. You look at the way that Georgia has recruited, um, you know, they just added a five star. Out linebacker today, um, you know, in, in Smile Monday, and so I think that, that moving them into the top five for recruiting this year, they're going to recruit well. Um, you know, they, they've built up a ton and ton of talent on the offensive line. 
Uh, defensive line is coming along. Defense has been, you know, a strong suit under Kirby Smart. The biggest question is, is quarterback play. And, you know, that's certainly the case this year. After you have a three-year starter in Jake Fromm depart, um, you know, your plan and Jamie Newman depart just a couple weeks before the season. Um, and, and so, you know, I think quarterback play is certainly a question for Georgia. Um, and I think it'll be interesting to see how they, you know, kind of going back to what we said, how they handle the rest of this season uh, in terms of getting ready for future quarterback play, be it with JT Daniels or, um, you know, looking ahead and, and maybe getting ready with a uh, freshman starting quarterback in Brock Vandegrift next year. All right. Interesting stuff. We'll see how it plans out on Saturday over there between the hedges. Palmer Toms, thanks for joining me today on the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.